0: Hello, my loves and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My BFA. My name is Kelsey and this is a podcast where I talk about all of the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have my BFA in musical theater. Just a couple of things before we get into it. First of all, if you are new, hello, welcome to the podcast, and to all my returning listeners, thank you so much for coming back each week, and if you haven't already, make sure to leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and give me a download, that really helps me out. And with that said, let's get into the podcast. I'm just talking, babbling, this is what you came here for, isn't it? Welcome back. I am joined once again by my sparkling host, (laughs) who just gave me a very grimacing look because it is currently 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. and we are not so sparkling while filming this, filming this, recording this to say. But Genevieve, welcome back.
1: For the record, I always sparkle at any hour of the day.
0: (laughs) It's just a quality. You just sparkle, darling, all all the the time. time. What's up, guys? Welcome back. This week, um, we have a very exciting episode, so I'm excited to get into it. We're actually going to talk about a musical that we um, both were recently in. <laughs> Re- so that's
1: exciting. Recently. Well, okay. Quote unquote, recently.
0: <laughs> um, recently, as in the last thing we did about a year ago because the world is shut down (laughs) Um, but before we get into that of course we're just going to talk about our week we'll talk about our weekly obsessions it's going to be a great time so stick around kids i've got some good advice for you at the end of this podcast so make sure you listen to the all the way to the end this week has been has been pretty nice kind of lazy we've just kind of very
1: casual yeah
0: been hanging around we did get to see one of our good friends. Yeah, we had um, we had a
1: busy weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, busy in today's world. <laughs> as busy
0: as you can be in the pandemic. Yeah. But what special event happened this week, Genevieve? Come on, it was my half birthday <laughs> this past Sunday, which in reality has absolutely zero significance, and I've never even thought about my half birthday ever. But because we are living through this pandemic. On my actual birthday, I was in Texas. I didn't do anything for it, really. So I wanted to, like, do something fun with my roommate and our one other friend. Don't worry, people. It wasn't, like, a big blowout party. We literally came to my apartment and ate cake. (laughs) It was great. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. So I am uh, now um, something and a half. You'll have to guess what.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm... Always from now on, going to register as if your birthday is in February. Like in my head, your birthday will always be in February. Now it's a little problematic. Well, don't
0: worry, January. I'm sure I will remind you when August comes that it is my birthday again. I'm sure it'll happen.
1: Mm, um, I don't believe you.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I I saw the funniest TikTok the other day, and I think I'm probably gonna make it. But there's a sound that's like. How old are you? And the person's like, "Mm, 17. And they're like, how long have you been 17? And the person's like, a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like, I think the caption was like, when Broadway reopened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We just recently got an update about our showcase. Uh, when we're going to be filming that and everything. Genevieve and I were talking about it because I'm singing um, The World According to Chris for my showcase song. And I was like, I don't know if I can be this high school teenager anymore. I've aged so much during this pandemic.
1: Luckily, my song, you can sing at any age. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're
0: trying to resemble like a 55-year-old woman. Um, <laughs> as you do in real life, correct?
1: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, but um, that was something that happened this week, another big thing that happened this week. Guys, it's time to talk about it. I finished Bridgerton and here I am to give you my review of it. Every time I do this podcast with Genevieve, I just always feel like so I feel like I forget how to talk because she you guys can't see it, but she's just sitting here with like her hand on her face, just like waiting for me to mess up.
1: <laughs> waiting for you to mess up. I'm just I I have no idea what you're gonna say. <laughs>
0: I know. It's always a surprise. Anyway, so we finished Bridgerton. I gotta say, solid like nine out of ten, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I I don't
0: give it a ten out of ten, but like.
1: I really enjoyed it.
0: It's really, really good, and I feel like I haven't seen anything like it.
1: I love period pieces.
0: Well, it's funny that I say I haven't seen anything like it in quite some time, because I literally just watched Gossip Girl, and Gossip Girl is like
1: Right. Like the but let's, day version of but let's be real. The only correlation that Gossip Girl and Bridgerton has is this like masked. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's writer. True. It's true. You know,
1: but other than that, it's not like they're similar at all.
0: Right. Definitely. Um I love watching it. First of all, I just I love British accents. I <laughs> I love that but also like oh the costumes are beautiful I know and it's like, the
1: ball gowns it's,
0: it's like just going transferring to like a different world when you watch mm-hmm. it because it's not like you turn on something that's like present day and you just like live in like whatever that like watching Grey's Anatomy right now is almost too much because it's like mm-hmm. pandemic um and you're like yeah that's what we're going through right now but like watching Bridgerton you just transform to like yeah, fantasy
1: world it feels like yeah
0: um, I would just like to say that I correctly guessed who um, Gossip Girl was. <laughs> um, um,
1: you mean Lady Whistle? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I call her Gossip Girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm interested to see how they take that into the second season. Not I think she's going to
1: change. I
0: know. Well, I feel like it's going to be like a pretty little liar situation where like it's someone new every time. Like once they... Re- uh, reveal who it was. It's gonna end up being mm-hmm. someone different next time. But I'm interested to see how they'll like address the person who ended up being whistled. Is it whistled down?
1: Whistled down. whistle
0: down. And how like that's gonna play into the second season? Because technically, it's supposed to like resemble the books, right? Where it's like almost like a different story
1: each. season Yeah, I think so. So.
0: I'll be interested to see how they address that and how they... I was, was Whistledown, like, a part of the books? Like, should we have known who Whistledown was? I haven't read the books,
1: but... I have not read the books. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to read the books now, though.
0: Yeah, me too. Maybe we should yeah
1: that's I mean I guess that's like a weekly obsession for me I've suddenly decided that I want to start reading (laughs) you know I don't know why all of a
0: sudden years and years
1: years of not reading now all of a sudden I'm like maybe I should do that
0: I know she came into my room earlier today and was like just I have a, a bookshelf um and it's not like I have like a huge assortment of books I just have a very small um book collection in my room and she was like I want to read that Oh, do you have that? Oh, I want to read that. And I was like all of a sudden Genevieve is just
1: When I when I really get into a book, I like can't put it down. Mm-hmm. Like it's a situation where it's like binging a um like a TV show. I remember I've told you this before. Like there was like a book I was really into in high school and I used to like skip class to read the book. Yeah, or I would yeah. like hide the book in my textbook and pretend I was like reading the textbook, <laughs> but I would be reading the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't know why if well, I'm really into it. I'll like read it cover to cover as quickly as possible right.
0: And I used to like as a child. I was like an avid reader I would read all the times so I won reading competitions like I was literally such a big reader And also like I think a big part of it was we had this system and especially in elementary school called ar points Which is like accelerated reading whatever you'd read a book and then you'd have to take a quiz and if you, depending on how you did on the quiz, you'd get so many points. And I'm a very competitive person, you know this, but um, I feel like that was like, that kind of drove me to read a lot. And then I felt like when, it was more so when we got into high school, I feel like is when it started dropping off because reading became kind of an obligation for class, you know, and I started getting super busy because I was in like 500 million different clubs in high school. It's actually ridiculous. I don't know how I did it. Somehow I'm still alive and breathing. But um, there was just like no time for it. And I do remember like I, I missed it a lot. Like I, I, I did really enjoy reading, but it just became like a burden to like sit down. And when I wanted to like relax, it wasn't like I didn't want to pick up a book and like read it. I just wanted to watch something like on Netflix or whatever mm-hmm. and just like be able to breathe and relax. Um, right. And it's actually a result of this pandemic that I really got back into it. And I like forgot how amazing reading is because it, like, I don't know, especially like as an actor who loves to tell stories, I just love like traveling to different places through like the books, you know, mm-hmm. and just like being able to just like imagine the words on the page in your mind's eye and everything. And it's just, yeah, I really enjoy it. Good. Thanks for your support, I'm I'm glad for you. (laughs) That was the week. And um, now let's move on to the weekly obsessions. My first weekly obsession is a movie. And I feel like I haven't talked about a movie yet in my weekly obsessions. But on my half birthday, we had a lot of downtime. And um, we decided we wanted to watch a movie. We came across Ocean's 8, which I have seen before. But I, it's been a while and I don't think you or I, yeah, I um, our other friend, her name is Nadia. I'm going to refer to her as Nadia, Has um, had ever seen it. So I was like, oh my gosh, we have to watch this. And I forgot like how good it was. I just like the plot, the cast is Super literally clever. amazing. And it has like one of my favorite scenes, I think in all of a movie history is the scene where she is like just released from jail and she goes and shoplifts Mm-hmm. the and then she goes to hotel and it's just like the clever I mean like I do not condone any of her actions whatsoever don't do that but like the cleverness behind oh yeah the way it was written and oh my gosh Sandra Bullock is just such a dynamic yeah. actress when I watched
1: that happen I was like wait do you think people actually do it? like does that work I
0: feel like I feel like if somebody tried to do that well, I mean, I don't know how, like... I feel like Brad there's no be.
1: way that would work. I feel like
0: it wouldn't.
1: No. Um,
0: but, like, if, for those of you who don't know, um, this is not spoiling anything, but she, uh, when she gets released from jail at the very beginning of the movie, she goes to, uh, like, a makeup store or something, and she picks up just a bunch of products, and she just doesn't... She doesn't even hide that she's picking them up. She just does it so nonchalantly. And then she goes up to the, the register, and she's like, I'd like to return these items, and the cashier's like... Uh, do you have a receipt or the card you use? And she's like, No, no, like I just like I just need to return these. They're not even open. Like I ha- they're they're brand new. I just need to return them. And she's like, We can't do it without a receipt. And she's like, Whatever, I'll just keep them. It's fine. And she mm-hmm.
1: gets away with it. I know, and it's like it's a win because it's a win-win because even if they were like, uh oh, yeah, it's okay you don't have your receipt, we'll figure it out. Like she'd get all the money I know. for the products. It was just the it was crazy. Is just
0: so it's so I mean the whole movie is based off like how clever these strong female characters are. Now what they're doing is very nasty and like should not be done ever, but
1: Oh, it's definitely you get you get a little bit of um a kick out of just like you're like, oh my you're like, gosh! Wow, they really
0: pulled that off. They, yeah,
1: like they pulled that off. That's crazy. Without like a hitch? You know, you get you get the adrenaline. Yeah. You you vicariously get the adrenaline like when something when something really works out, mm-hmm. even though it's like a terrible thing that they're doing. You're still like, huh, you're
0: like, oh my god, they did they pulled go that figure? Off. <laughs> and you're like you're like waiting for like the catch. You're like, when are they gonna get caught? Like, what's gonna happen? And then they never do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like. Kind of to just
1: the boring. point where even, like, the... Even the private investigators, like... In on it. Yeah, like, even... she's so smart. Yeah, she's so smart that even the private investigators, like, I don't really care what you do. You know, <laughs> like, just make sure you don't make it too obvious. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, it was so funny.
0: But I mean, like, again, like, killer cast. Like, Sandra Bullock, who is, like, one of the best actresses in the industry. <laughs> Rihanna is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, a lot of... Uh, Anne Hathaway... Oh, we yeah, went to our yeah. school, by the way. Plug. Love you, Anne. Um, we, l- love you, Anne, <laughs> since you're listening to this. But such, such a good cast um, of strong female actresses that really pull off that show. Anyway, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend watching it. Um, we watched it on HBO Max, but I'm sure that there's a way to watch it otherwise. But you didn't hear that from me. Moving on to my next obsession. It's actually a song. It's from Andrew Lloyd Webber's new version of Cinderella which has the full album has not been released yet but they have released this song and I believe there's another song that they've released as well um that I can't remember the name of right now but this song is called Bad Cinderella and it's just like such a good like teaser of what's to come from this show it's Mm -hmm. it's this like new remodeled version of Cinderella and honestly when I when I listened to it, I was like, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah. Mr. Phantom of the Opera, Mr. Katz, like what?
1: It's really it's a really good song. It's very like it's poppy.
0: I, yeah, well I don't know. What's the word. I'm like, it's in the time. Like or with it's very with the time. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's very poppy. And what's really cool about the song is that it's like a warped it's it's not really anything like in my own little corner but the melody is like a warped version of it mm-hmm. i think it's, it's just, like an
1: inverted version yes, of it or something um, weird
0: yeah so like the chorus the main verse is like an augmented version of the the melody. So in my own little corner which is really really cool and it pays homage to rogers and, and hammerstein. hammerstein but yeah it's really really good i'm really excited to mm-hmm. to see the or hear to hear the rest. the rest of the album and to eventually see it mm-hmm. now it says it's coming out in april of
1: 2021 but um, right right <laughs> okay you know what
0: i saw today i won't ti- hold my breath you know what I saw today on tiktok there was a i don't even know like who how they did this or if if she posted it as a joke but there was a, um a playbill of Grey's anatomy the musical and ellen pompeo's like twitter like confirming it and i was like it, it wasn't true like it was a joke but i was like i wonder like how did this post, like, come about? Like, because it really, it, like, showed her Twitter handle, mm-hmm. like, posting about it. I was like, did someone, like, make this up? Or, like, did she post this as a joke? Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I saw it, and I read the I read the thing, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way that, that this happened. That would happening. be
1: ridiculous. Wouldn't
0: it be, it would be, like, how do you even fit 17 seasons worth? It'd be, like...
1: Well, it also just be it'd a situation... it
0: drowning, and then... Well, it's
1: also such an iconic TV show that you can't even, like... You couldn't have other people play the roles. You know That's what I mean? Fair. Like if it were like a musical, like if it was gonna like go to Broadway or something. Like I'm sorry, Ellen Pompeo or <laughs> would no have one. to play. Yeah, like Meredith. Yeah, like what? <laughs>
0: no, but I mean, I feel like they do it with a lot of iconic movies. You know,
1: doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, you're right. I just don't think it, TV, like, TV shows, shows don't transfer to musicals very well. All I, I know think.
1: is when I saw Spongebob and it wasn't the actual Spongebob <laughs> in the flesh. It wasn't the same. You mean
0: Ethan Slater is not the actual Spongebob? What are you talking about?
1: Listen, you didn't hear it from me.
0: <laughs> anyway, moving on to my final weekly obsession. This is kind of like a, a genre. It's not necessarily like one particular thing. But I'm obsessed with reading like memoirs from other actors and here's why. I feel like as someone who wants to be in this industry and wants to pursue this career, I love reading about how other actors, like famous actors started out and like what they like went through in their journey and it all um, into the process of becoming like who they are today because it makes it feel more attainable to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it feel like, it's this far-off thing where, like, you have to be this, like, special person to be able to make it big. It, like, takes it out of, I don't know, out of, like, the fantasy a little bit and puts it kind of in more of, like, a realistic notion, which is, like, what we're all striving for, I guess. Like, it is, like, our reality. Like, we are trying to make it in this business, you know, and it's, um, I don't know, I just really find it inspiring to, like, read the stories of the people who actually did make it big. Have you read any memoirs that you
1: really Uh, like? I read Bossy Pants. Mm -hmm. Wait, that's a memoir, right? Yeah, that's a memoir. Yeah, that's Tina Fey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really liked that one. I don't know.
0: I really, um, Bossy Pants is actually on my list. Um, I just like reading, um, I really enjoy reading them of like the actors that I look up to. So, and that, like, I really enjoy watching. Um, but some of my favorites are Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. And it's just, like, so cool because, like, these act all of these actors have, like, their own very specific voice that, um, you know, you see, like, when- if you, like, watch them on talk shows or whatever. And then you see it in their writing and, like, these hilarious people are writing books that are hilarious. That's what I love about Amy Poehler because it's just funny and it's very, like, her voice throughout the whole book. Um, same with uh, Talking As Fast As I Can by Lauren Graham. You guys know Lauren Graham is one of my favorite actresses. And I love that book. I love it so much. Um, and then Bossy Pants by Tina Fey is on my list as well. And then this isn't really a memoir, but it's kind of like a, a memoir of like just one year of her life. But it's The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhymes, which I also talked about on this podcast before. Those are all some of my favorite memoirs. Um, but yeah, I just really love that that genre I love you know like reading like fan or fiction and novels and whatever but like there's something about being someone who wants to be an actress reading stories about like how other actors and actresses made it in this world that really just like gets me going you know mm-hmm so that's all for my weekly obsessions. And now we're going to move on to the musical of the week, which you have all been waiting to hear what it is, even though it's definitely in the title, so you already know what it is, mm-hmm. but, um, this week we are talking about...
1: You're in town! You're in
0: town! This was actually the last musical that Genevieve and I were in together.
1: Yeah, it was the end of our theater careers. It's
0: so... Oh no. <laughs> That's what your in town is. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> no, um, it was actually, we were very, very, very lucky to have been able to perform it because it was our senior main stage, um, and we did it.
1: The world shut down literally like two days later.
0: We closed the show on March 8th, and then we got a, like a, we went to was class. March 8th? Yeah, that was the Sunday, I think. Oh. And then we got... We went to class on that t- next Tuesday, which was the... Which the would've, following would've been the tenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, at, like, on our way to that class, we got a notification that, like, school would be canceled for an extra week of spring break. So, like, if even if, if your intent had been the next weekend, we would not have been able to perform it.
1: Yeah, we would have been done.
0: Yeah. It's so crazy mm-hmm. that... Gosh, that was a year... Like, almost a year Pretty ago. Pretty
1: much a year ago. We were in rehearsals for it now. Yeah.
0: Gosh, that's so crazy. But, I don't know. Let's just talk about our experience doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be 100% honest. I do not like urine <laughs> Down. But, this is what I will say. I don't think I've ever had as much fun, like, being in a musical as I did being in that production. We were both in the ensemble. Genevieve had... Supporting. A supporting ensemble role. She was.
1: I'd call it a third string role. Okay,
0: well, tell them who you played.
1: I played Josephine Strong, which is the mother to the main character, Bobby Mm -hmm. Strong.
0: And I played the coveted role of Leaky Lucille, which I made up. (laughs) I was in the ensemble. (laughs) But um it was it was kind of thrilling actually because I got to do especially in act 2 I don't think I had a second to breathe because in act 2 mm-hmm. it's like all of those like the the three major songs in a row and then like I went off stage for like 15 seconds to change costumes and then came back on stage and then um after that scene I went off stage for about 15 more seconds and then came on yeah to do the rest of the show basically yeah you
1: had a you had a crazy track like the one the one downside of being Josephine though she was kind of a heightened character she really was not in that much of the show mm-hmm. at all which is funny because that was the role when when I got the role I was really excited and I'm not saying that I didn't appreciate it, like I really still enjoyed it but I was really excited and then I read the script and I was like you know She's only in, like, four scenes.
0: Because Josephine doesn't... Were you in Run Freedom Run?
1: I was, but I yeah, wasn't but in stuff in... That Girl. And I was only in a snippet of, like, what is your in yeah. town. And, and then I think there was something else I also wasn't in. Um, well, I wasn't in the first five <laughs> scenes of the show.
0: Yeah, but what I really liked about, like, being... In the ensemble of that show, is I got to kind of create my character, mm-hmm. and something that I really appreciated that the director did. Our director was Parker Essie, who is very, very talented. Amazing, um, director amazing, Oliver. he's director. one of the most amazing people. Probably I've ever the with. yeah,
1: probably as an actor, the best the one of the best yeah
0: such a such a good energy in the room he just like brought this like positive
1: made us feel very cared for we're pretty sure there was a covid outbreak which we didn't (laughs) know we like we didn't know what covid was we didn't know what it was a thing but like we're pretty sure there was a covid outbreak (laughs) during this process and he was like (laughs) he was so kind about it like he's like go home,
0: <laughs> you know, take yourself.
1: care of yourself, Can't, you know, like, yeah. yeah, he was really about what was best for the team. So. And the
0: show that he put together was honestly incredible. Like, oh, I
1: yeah. Think that it looked The version that amazing. we did was
0: really, really yeah. special.
1: Yeah. You're in Town. You're in Town's a great show. Like, when, when our main stages got announced, because they were Spring Awakening and You're in Town, and I knew that so many people were going to be wanting to go for Spring Awakening because it's, like, every theater kid's dream to right. scream
0: curse words (laughs) on a stage you
1: know and wear little baby doll dresses and pretend they're innocent (laughs) I I don't know I said in our big group chat and I was like guys you don't understand it is a win-win because you're in town is a blast I did you're in town back in 2012 and um I was in the ensemble and like you I basically I mean we didn't do a project where we like made up our own characters but in my head I kind of made up my own character so much fun definitely in my top five out of my summer stock experience. So. Well it's also
0: like, it's just a great show to be in the ensemble in because mm-hmm. honestly the ensemble carries the show because they're they're constantly on stage. Like of course the main characters carry the show but mm-hmm. like the, the I don't know. Very no,
1: I would No, I wouldn't even necessarily say that the main characters do carry the show in this case, mm. honestly. Like, I mean, like, yes, the main characters are important, of course, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I think, like, <laughs> I think it's really the it's ensemble, really ensemble that driven. sparkles. Yeah. And I've
0: been in shows where I've been in the ensemble mm-hmm. where the ensemble does not carry the show and... That show, that one particular show that I will not mention the name of was not so fun. Yeah. Um, Well,
1: we talked about Spam a lot like a week ago. Right. That's That's, that's another another one where where, like the ensemble carries the show. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I did that show that I will not speak of in high school and it was, I feel like ensembles are really like the meat and potatoes of the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they really like
1: I feel like every Broadway show I ever go to, I'm always looking at that ensemble I know, and I'm so picking big. like my favorites. I'm like, She's my favorite, he's my favorite, you know like <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was such a fun show to be in. Um, Still not my favorite show Mm -hmm. as far as, like, wanting to go and watch it. yeah, no, when
1: I, no, that's a show that you definitely, I don't think anybody actually wants to go watch it. You want to be in (laughs) it. I remember I read that script, like, back, like, what, just like 10 years ago now, almost nine years ago. I remember I read that script, and I was like, what is this? I was like, this is the worst show I have (laughs) ever read. And then we got on stage and did it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a blast. I could do that for years. Right.
0: I think it's just the acting style for for me that, like, encompasses the show. It's very, like... I mean, like, I've, I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I don't like comedy types of things that are, like, we want you to laugh right now. And it's, like, I mean, I don't really enjoy How to Succeed in Business either because it's, like, the same style of acting, you know? But that's just, like, a per- personal preference. It doesn't mean that the show doesn't appeal to tons of audiences and that it's not loved but it almost won best musical in 2002 you know it unfortunately came out maybe like f- four days after 9-11 mm-hmm. which was really bad timing for a show that was kind of you know attacking the government and capitalism and mm. <laughs> things of that nature just unfortunate timing because no one really wanted to, to see mm-hmm. that right now they wanted like unity and mm-hmm. um even though oh, it's comedy it's very dark yeah comedy. it's twisted comedy um, and i think honestly i feel like that might be the reason millie took best musical that year because it was very millie it's was gone, just very now. fun and uplifting and there wasn't really any like like deeper message behind it and even though you're in town is like <laughs> spoofy and ridiculous there somehow is still a deeper message behind
1: yeah I know it's like one Um, big joke but like not really
0: (laughs) can you imagine being a foster child in 2002 because that was Sutton's first Millie was Sutton's first right Mm -hmm. and then um well not her first Broadway show but like her first big you know star stardom
1: role oh my gosh Um, a foster like the family the foster Oh I was like God. what does this have to do with the foster <laughs> system? I was like I was like I'm waiting, I'm waiting to oh catch no. on. Like can you imagine being a foster child when like these things were Yeah, bad. I guess that was kind of bad. Yeah. For
0: me. Um I guess foster sibling is what I um a part of the foster said. family. Yeah, yeah. And then Hunter mm-hmm. was Bobby in in your in town and like sitting in those Tonies and being like who's going to win? Mm-hmm. Like I can't even imagine. But then also to, like, be their parents and, like, be like, both of my kids are leading roles on Broadway nah,
1: right now. you know there's a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's God. always a favorite.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I never okay. had to deal with that, perks of being an only child. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, what they don't tell you, there's always a favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of always wish that, that my brother did musical theater, even though he's very tone deaf and, um, <laughs> Uh, not an actor at all, but it would be, It I don't know, it, it, the idea of, like, performing with your sibling isn't, like, nice. Although, I, then I think back, um, my brother did do one production with me, um, the production of Jungle Book Kids, when we were, I must have been 10, and he must have been, like, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was King Louie, and he was the head elephant. Incredible. So, um, it was, you know, great. But I don't know, I just think that, like, siblings who, like, are that successful are really really cool, mm-hmm. um, but also probably very stressful when you're in uh, competing shows for the Tonys. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the show a little bit, and with that, we're going to start with the not Wikipedia synopsis because Wikipedia has really like I said I feel like I say this every week now, but like I go to look at the synopsis and it's just like. You're in Time was a musical that opened in 2001, blah, 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 blah. I was like, this is not a synopsis, Wikipedia. Like, you are slapping. So this is the, again, stage agent synopsis. So here we go. In the not-so-distant future, a terrible water shortage and 20-year drought has led to a government ban on private toilets and proliferation of paid public toilets owned and operated by a single megalomaniac. Did I say that right? I don't know. Company, I'm pretty sure that's not a word, but maybe it is. The Urine Good Company. If the poor don't obey the strict laws prohibiting free urination, they'll be sent to the dreaded and mysterious urine Town. After too long under the heel of Caldwell B. Cladwell, the poor stage a revolt, led by the brave young hero fighting tooth and nail for freedom to pee wherever you like, whenever you like, for as long as you like, and with whomever
1: you like. Hmm.
0: I thought that was pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it that was pretty like good. Very, like, that was, it was like a
0: really good teaser.
1: Yeah, covers yeah. it.
0: Good job, stage agent. Um, very, very well done. Let's talk about the title for just like one second.
1: For the longest time, people, like, not, obviously, not this year, but back in 2012, before I actually, like, had the script in hand, people are like, we're doing your are in Town. And I was like, what's your are in Town? Well, that, I,
0: I, I had the like,
1: same. was like, like, Y-O-U-R-E. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's your are in Town? What's it about? And they're like, oh, it's, like, dystopian society where they have to pay a pee. And I was like, why is it called You're in Town? And then I, like, saw it and I was like, oh, ew. <laughs> one, of, one
0: of my friends played um, Beryl, I believe, in her college production when I was um, still in high school and that was really the first I'd ever heard of the show and uh, I went to go see it and I thought it was you're in town like my mom was like we're going to see you're in town and I was like oh so it's you're in town mm-hmm. I didn't think it was like you're in town and then we got there and I saw the playbill, and I was like you're in town what is the show about and then thinking that it was like not gonna be about P even though the title mm-hmm. was it was like it was about pee. I was like, what am I watching right now? Like, what is this show? It's so crazy. But like, can you just like think back to 2002 when this show first came out? Would you as a viewer like see a show that's called you're in town and want to go watch it?
1: No, actually my uncle, my uncle and my aunt literally said they were like, we love you. But if your senior main stage is you're in town we are not coming to see it oh, No. and I was like oh
0: that's really upsetting
1: okay <laughs> they were like we love you but we're, we hate you're in town we're not gonna pay money to see that and I was like so you don't love me
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the thing is is like people can't get past the title like they're the, mm-hmm. when they come and see it they're like that was so much fun that was a great you know Great time. Well, they've
1: seen You're in Town before. They knew it was going to be terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's fair. Well, it is a show that you either love or you hate. Right, right, right. It just depends on your preference of, like, what you enjoy watching. I feel like that's one of those instances where um, the writers were like, okay, the working title is You're in Town. And then they were like, there's really nothing else we can call this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, I mean, I feel like the title kind of fits, like, what the show is, too. Like, it's very, like ridiculous, and, um, I mean, the whole, like, premise of the show is, we are putting on a musical called You're in town. Mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, very, like, spoofy and, mm-hmm. um, played up, and I, I really don't think that this is, like, it's a musical that acknowledges that it's ridiculous within the plot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's like a show that can't exist outside of the realm of musical theater because of how much, it calls on musical theater like as a whole like the the like the the ways of musical theater I guess because it's like we're putting on a musical I'm breaking the fourth wall right now to talk to the audience Mm -hmm. but now I'm a character in the show Mm -hmm. Um, especially that's specifically Lockstock and Sally who Mm -hmm. are both narrating well Lockstock is narrating and Sally's like what you doing Lockstock Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think that for what it is, it's very, very musical theater driven. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and get into talking about the show. So we start with Lockstock coming on and he kind of sets up.
1: Yeah, he explains what's going on. And like on. what's happening
0: so that the audience isn't confused. I will say though, the first time I ever saw you in town, I was like, what? is happening Mm -hmm. right
1: now. I feel like it's really complex for young audiences. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like you need to be a little older to really understand. It's almost one of those things where it's like, you need to read the script and analyze it before you see it. (laughs) Which is
0: weird because I feel like the place where this musical, like, best resides in, like, the musical theater um, community is, like, done by community theaters and, um, like, high school or regional productions of it, you know? Right, right. I feel like that's where it really, like, excels, um as a show. So we start with Lockstock coming on and explaining. He's like, I'm the narrator and you're watching a musical right now mm-hmm. and uh, now here we're gonna get into it. And Sally's like, What do you mean, Lockstock? Mm-hmm. And she's like he's like, Oh Sally, don't worry about it. Just we're just Well
1: yeah, I mean I think it's like the good it's a good representation of how adults kind of brush kids aside mm-hmm. and like they don't let them in on what's going on therefore they grow up kind of stupid you know like
0: yeah well when in reality sally is a lot oh she than,
1: oh yeah she's up with than, it she knows but of. yeah
0: this is one of the things that like with the character sally especially like it, you like question a lot about sally because it can be played so many different ways like mm-hmm. is she a child or is she like a full-grown adult who is like little sally Stunted, because she's, yeah. Little, yeah you know it's it's something like I've seen it played both ways. Yeah. I feel like in the original, it can
1: be anything. Broadway
0: company like Sally is portrayed as a an adult yeah. who's just like known as Little Sally, but like in pretty much every other production I've seen, like she's a child. Yeah, in I really don't know. She was a child.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I really um, don't know.
0: He comes on and explains, and then we have this big, honestly fantastic opening number that once you get past like the exposition of it all because it's it's even pointed out there is a lot of exposition in mm-hmm. the song where, like, you meet all of the characters and everything. But then once you get into, like, the grit of the song, the, like, this is your town. it's actually a really good song. One mm-hmm. well, other thing I, like, enjoy about this show is, like, I feel like every song is, like, very specific to its, like, song. Like, nothing is, like, kind of mm-hmm. intertwined. Like, it's all, like... Snuff That Girl is very different from Run, Freedom, Run, mm-hmm. and Run, Freedom, Run is very different from Mr. Cladwell and the Cop Song, and then mm-hmm. Follow Your Heart. You know, it's a, it's like a plethora of different like genres of songs. Oh, and then another thing that they they do a lot in this musical, which is another reason why it exists so well in the realm of musical theater, is they they make so many references to different musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Act One finale, Les is mm-hmm. Snuff That Girl, Cool, and West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire opening to, of Act Two, which is What Is Town, is a reference to Fiddler on the Roof, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, like, they are constantly referring to other musicals as mm-hmm.
1: well. Um, very similar to Spamalot.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Where,
1: would say these are two very that, similar musicals, yeah, yeah. I would
0: say that they're, they're similar, but they're also very, like, different, you right, know? right, right, right. Because Spamalot does it, but it's kind of, like, offhandedly, whereas I feel like with Town they're, like... We're making a reference to a musical right now because we're putting on a musical, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway, so we have this big opening number that explains that like, you have to pay to pee... Which is a horrible concept. Like I
1: know. I can't imagine.
0: I would but it's actually kind of scary because it almost feels like it's like what we're moving toward I right know. now. I know. In society. This would actually be like a really good revival to have soon.
1: I think you know? it'll probably I think it probably. will. I'm so interested to see what starts opening up on I know, Broadway. I know,
0: I know. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Um but anyway, so then we have a scene where we meet Bobby and Miss Pennywise. Um, to the main characters, Miss Pennywise runs the amenity that all the poor people have to pay to pee at, and we meet Bobby's father, who is only in the show very briefly, but he's like Pennywise, give me, give me a free one, like I don't have the money, but like you can, you know, mm-hmm. like let me just do it this once, and Pennywise is like, not again, like I've done this before. Um, and we're not doing this again. You know, sometimes you just can't hold your pee, and you are sick of um, paying money and not being free to, you know, relieve yourself for free. Pennywise sings this whole big grand song, which is actually a banger. Like, it's amazing. It The range of Pennywise is, like, ridiculous, because she has to be this big, huge belter, and then she has to hit what is the, a high C, C at the end of it? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the actress who plays this is like, gotta be a singer mm-hmm. for sure. So she has her big number, and then he relieves himself in the bushes and um, gets caught for it and sent to Town, which we do not know what town is yeah. at the moment. They think that it's just, um...
1: A place. A place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, spoiler alert... But honestly, if you're listening to this, you're going to get spoiler alerts. You're in town, as we know it, is death. So yeah. they send the ships to They ship,
1: kill you.
0: They kill, they just push you off a building. Which is
1: pretty, Which is, pretty intense.
0: It's pretty crazy that they, but I mean, like, I feel like people in this time are just so disposable because mm-hmm. they're
1: like. Oh yeah, I know nobody cares.
0: All of the, you know. So we have Privilege to Pee, and then we have Privilege to, pre- to Pee reprise, which is sung by Lockstock. Bobby's father gets carted away, and then we go to the Urine Good Company setting, and we see, like, the other side of things. Mm-hmm. So, like, the very very beginning of the show is very much, like, these are the poor people, this is their lives, and then Cladwell is, like, this is the reason. This mm-hmm. is all happening. And Cladwell has this big number where he's like, I took nothing and made it into millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and now I'm swimming in money because what I'm doing is like correct because like how else am I supposed to govern the world, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Very um, greedy, very greedy. Yeah.
0: Our interpretation of Cladwell was really fun, I -hmm. think. We did kind of like a Vegas showgirl Mm -hmm. version of uh, Cladwell and our Cladwell played Cladwell, oh wow, how many times can I say Cladwell in a sentence? The guy who played Cladwell in our version of year in town played him very, like um kind of flamboyant. Mm-hmm. at one point was way more flamboyant. and like he became like this mm-hmm. sophisticated, flamboyant mm-hmm. presence. But it was like he was great. Like he did mm-hmm. a really great job with the role. So we meet Cladwell and we meet Fip and Queen. And we understand the reasons that um people are having to pay to pee. And Hope comes in as kind of like an intern for her father. We kind of get the lowdown on that. And then after that, we travel to the cop's journey where we meet. Well, we've already met them, but mm-hmm. we officially meet as characters, Lock, Stock, and Barrel.
1: Well, we basically just see the ins and outs of their job. Right, That's right. the point of the song. It's the, It's them being like... This is when something like this situation happens, this is how we handle it. And when something like this situation happens, this is how we handle it. So very, very interesting.
0: Cop Song is one of my favorite songs in the show. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. We got to be cops as well. So, and he made it kind of like a hip hop number and it was really a lot of fun to be in. Yeah, it just kind of shows you the ins and outs of like who the cops are and, and what they do. And then you start to question, you're like, are the cops cops because they like bringing justice to people, or are they a little greedy? Mm -hmm. And they, you know, like pushing people off of buildings. We see later on in the show as well. But anyway, after the cops home, um, Hope is walking home from her first day of work. Lock, stock, and barrel kind of like harass her a little bit. And then Bobby's like, be gone! And we have a Hope and Bobby scene where they are discussing She's saying, she's
1: like, it's my first day of work. He's like the gleaming tower on the hill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, I did a very bad thing today. You know, basically because, I mean, I don't know why he blames himself. But, (laughs) you know, he's like, I did a bad thing today because, you know, my dad got charted off to town. And she's like... Because well, he because he didn't yeah.
0: he wasn't able to pay for him yeah and
1: she's like well what does your heart tell you and he's like what and she's like if you just listen to your heart
0: <laughs> it's everything so funny. will be okay because when you're in the ensemble of this show I feel like this is a scene that you like kind of like block out yeah because, because it's, it's like, like the, the one the scene song that no one that else you get mean. to like breathe backstage <laughs> we mm-hmm. came off from the cough song and literally like had to change back into our poor uniforms you know the uniforms the the team of your in town mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you just kind of we got to breathe so like whenever this song was happening we we're like Whew, because then in the next scene sometimes you have to move a giant staircase back to um, mm-hmm. where it's supposed to go so you have to you know be ready to do the, to do that but this is kind of like it's almost like the perfect love song you know because it's not mm-hmm. even like we're falling in love but it's like the heroine being like follow your heart and he's like yes yes I'm in love with you Mm -hmm. by the way (laughs) my heart is telling me to kiss you right Mm -hmm. now and um so that's like the kind of the beginnings of hope and bobby's love story which actually I feel like what this musical doesn't do very well is structure because as we get further into it like the the main character kind of dies in the middle of act two and you're like, huh. And also, he doesn't really get, like, I mean, I guess Look at the Sky a little bit. He doesn't come back. He doesn't come back. And then he doesn't really get, like, his, like, major, like, I want song, I guess. I mean, I guess Look at the Sky a little bit. That but, is it, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, and then that love story never really, never really plays out, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, like, the structure of the musical is a little questionable. So the next scene is Look at the Sky, and it's Bobby, you know deciding... Declaring
1: revolution. (laughs)
0: Declaring revolution and deciding to follow his heart and fight for the poor people to no longer have to pay to pee so that everyone can be free to pee whenever they like. And it's just like this very silly song, um, where Bobby is like, follow your heart, son. What is your heart telling you to do? And they're like, I don't know, my heart can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But then he, he gathers all of the poor people, and um, they are now headed towards revolution. One day more, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then we go back to Cladwell, and honestly, this song I feel like is forgotten a lot about, but, like, I think it's a really, like, cool song, Don't Be the Bunny. Yeah. Where he's basic, it, it's a really good villain song, you know? Mm-hmm. And what's funny about it, I think, is that it's, they're talking about something so ridiculous, like, Don't Be the Bunny. Mm-hmm but he's saying it in such a serious tone that mm-hmm. it makes the song funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's basically telling Cla- or Hope to... Bobby.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Hope hope, 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 yeah.
0: He's telling Hope that you, like, have to do what you gotta do to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're at the top of the food chain, you have to kill the bottom of the food mm-hmm. chain to stay on top, you know? Right,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Our version of it was so funny because they had, like, a, a, a sticking with, like, the Vegas theme of Cladwell. They had this big, like wheel I don't even know what like what you'd call slot wheel or I don't know huh. I don't know Vegas terms <laughs> I don't gamble <laughs> um, but anyway and then they had a projector on it for that scene and anytime he said don't be the bunny mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they had like an image of a bunny that just like exploding and Jeez. then like blood all over it was like It sounds more graphic than it was because it really wasn't that graphic, Mm -hmm. but it was like. No
1: no bunnies were harmed in the making of this production. No bunnies were harmed
0: (laughs) in the making of this production. And so after that, we go back and we have the Akron finale where revolution is starting, and Bobby's like, We are not going to stand for this. Mm -hmm. Pee at your free will. And, um, yeah, and then
1: you clearly realize that he has no plan. He has
0: absolutely no idea. He's just like, pee! And then they're like, no, he says, run. <laughs> well, that's at the end of the song. Yeah. But, um, and then once they're finally confronted by the rich folk, he's like, oh, uh, I don't really know what to do now. <laughs> Which is like so true to story in this mm-hmm. whole musical. Act one finale is very much a spoof off of One Day More slash, um,. Do you hear the people sing in Lena's? Yeah, I, yeah. I see it. Because um, it's like kind of like, you know, revolution. And then he has this great idea to kidnap the love of his life, Hope Cladwell.
1: Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's like, they won't kill us if we have something that he wants. So we're going to take your daughter. And she's like... What? What?
0: I've been in no. love with you, Bobby. That's Bobby. That's don't, not what I meant. Don't take me. Don't yeah. follow your heart. Not that seriously. Um, and then anyway, so the, the show ends with, um, you're in town. Not the show, the act. And then we come back in act two with what is you're in town. And we get to meet some more of the poor people. They kind of stand out. We have Hot Blades Harry and little Becky Two Shoes, who is pregnant And literally, it's never referred to that she's pregnant in the entire show. I don't know why she's
1: pregnant. I don't either. I feel like in some... She doesn't have to be. It's a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she just happens to be pregnant in, what, the Broadway production or something like that. And so people stuck with it. But I think it was just like a... That was just a funny thing that mm-hmm. that person happened to do yeah right
0: so we meet these two characters because they're kind of like the heads of the poor revolution aside from bobby and they are very very um they vindictive and malicious and want bloodshed and so they sing what is your in town because really no one knows what your in town is except for the cops mm-hmm. and cladwell and um it's this whole like fiddler on the roof bottle dance very reminiscent of that type of um that kind of music.
1: Head, shoulders, knees, and
0: toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We had this so part of the choreography. I'm went, telling
1: you, he had no idea. He was like, oh, I don't know what to do here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he had to. He had to find something that went bump, 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 bump. So we went head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> so funny. Hilarious. Um, These first three songs, I'm telling you, if you're in the ensemble, like, I've never been more exhausted in my entire life. Honestly, the whole entirety of Act 2, because it's these three heavily danced numbers, Mm -hmm. and then, in my case, I had to run off right after Run Freedom Run, do a quick change, come back on, do a whole scene as a You're in Good Company member, run back off, change back into my poor uniform. Oh my god, this
1: was such a ridiculous number, like, I'm just remembering, like, just, like, running across the stage like, the, like I mean obviously they can't see me yeah. just like, <laughs> 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 like, oh
0: it was honestly um I think what is your in town was I guess well I would say it was but Snuff That Girl really was my favorite and I think Run Freedom Run was my second yeah. favorite
1: but for it really sure. was
0: up there like it was really really fun to perform um but basically uh, for those of you who weren't in the show and have no idea what we're talking about it's like all of the the three different like we see the the poor people with bobby and josephine and then we see the the rich folk with With the cops cops Mm -hmm. and and everything and all this different version of what is your in town the poor people right now are in this very very secret hideaway with a giant sign above them that says secret hideaway and
1: nobody can find where they are um everyone's like i wonder where the secret hideout is Maybe like this one says, "secret house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, just another spoofy joke of the show. So the poor all are gathered in the sewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have hope, taken hostage, so what is your in town ends, and Hot Blades Harry and uh, Becky, I almost said Leaky Lucille, because that's <laughs> not how dedicated, hey, now she was, so l- let me explain, Leaky Lucille um, had a bit of a, a leaky issue she had a, a major sinus infection that just like never went away I won't tell you the rest of the, her story, because um, family friendly podcast she had a rough life, but I, I, I wanted to say Leaky Lucille, because it appeared that Hot Blades Harry and and um, Becky Two-Shoes were the most out for blood. But in my mind, Leaky Lucille was even more out for blood than they were. You just, you know, never saw it. But that's the motivation I had behind the character.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's called creating something out of nothing, kids. That's what acting is. So we get into this number of Snuff That Girl where Hot Blades and Becky Two-Shoes are... They're
1: basically like, we want to kill her. We yeah, want. Yeah, we yeah. want revenge. We want to kill her.
0: Yeah. Sally's like, "You can't kill her then we don't have any leverage. Also killing is bad." And mm-hmm. the the poor at this point are like, so "No, bad. we're going to we're going to snuff her." Like we're going to get her. And oh my god, this routine in uh, our production was so much fun. I think it was the best the most probably the most fun I've ever had like in a show. Mm-hmm. I think. It's just like the choreography was amazing and just the like intent behind the dancing. Was just like it was. A, it was really f- fun as an as an actor to get to play with um all of the like we want to kill her, but also like this is a ridiculous you know number a little mm-hmm. bit. And then Bobby eventually comes in. He's like, "What are you doing? You cannot kill our leverage."
1: And also, she's the love of my life. What are you doing? They, you know, basically, he comes in. He's like, "No, don't kill her." And just she's like, "Yeah, don't." <laughs> <laughs> you know, she doesn't do anything that significant. She's mm-hmm. basically just like. She's our ammunition. Yeah, you can't kill her, and everyone's like, oh, "Okay, mom."
0: And then somehow we get how do see it's been a full year. How do we even get into our own freedom run?
1: Well, it he goes. Oh, because everyone's like, like, like
0: questioning him and yeah, like, what like, what like, you don't you're, have a
1: plan. You just
0: told us to run. He's like yes and now let me justify yeah. why I told you to it's run. basically
1: when you say something stupid and then someone's like well all you said was this stupid thing and you're like no no but here's why it makes sense yeah
0: and then he sings it's this huge like gospel number it's really mm-hmm. Bobby's big number
1: in the show yeah
0: and he's basically it's it's so funny we have this whole acapella section with the poor mm-hmm. singing <laughs> um harmonies which and,
1: no one could get the words right Oh my goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: drove yeah. Me crazy. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um anyway, and uh and then like this big like cardio dance number at the end of it where we're literally doing high knees on stage. And so he's basically convinced the poor that he knows what he's talking about and that he is fit to be the leader of this revolution. And then Pennywise comes in and she's like, Cladwell wants to speak with you, Bobby and You know, everyone's like, Bobby, don't go, it's a trap. And he's like, I have to. I'm the leader of the revolution. Mm -hmm. So I must do what must be done. Mm -hmm. And then we transfer and he goes to talk to Cladwell. Cladwell's like, I'll offer you all of this money to just stop doing what you're doing and let life go back to normal. And Bobby's like, I can't do it. I'm too dedicated to the cause. And of course, like, what did he think was going to happen Clydeville doesn't care about Hope. Like, that was very clear from the start. Mm -hmm. So he ships him off to Town, and then we have all these conflicting views on it because Pennywise, which we will find out in the next scene, has a significant um, attachment to Hope, and she's worried about what's going to happen to Hope if he kills Bobby. Well, I don't even think... Does Pennywise even know what town is? I guess it's up to the character who's playing her to decide whether... Yeah. But it's never, like, addressed, so she might not even know what, what is gonna happen to Bobby. It's up to interpretation, yeah. And so she definitely doesn't know what's gonna happen to Hope, and we see her kind of waver on her thoughts. And then we see the cops, you know, getting excited and greedy about taking mm-hmm. Bobby to Urintown. And then find out that town is the top of the building of the UGC building, and it's death basically. So it's like this metaphor that you get sent to Urinetown, in which means you get sent to your deathbed. And then the main character of the show dies in the middle <laughs> yeah, of Act Two.
1: They literally they just kill him.
0: When I first saw this, I was like. I don't get it. Like he, like he's not dead, right? Like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I, I was so confused because I was like, "What? How are they gonna kill Bobby? Isn't he the main character?" I was literally so confused when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did, and regardless, and then Pennywise is like, "I'm joining the revolution." But before we get to that, we have the coveted Sally, little Sally's big moment in the show. We haven't talked about little Sally in a while.
1: I mean, she kind of becomes irrelevant for a minute. Well, she
0: comes in and out of the whole, like, her and Lockstock are um, narrating the show together. Yeah. And, um, but Sally sings Tell Her I Love Her, which is basically Bobby's Bobby last words, words to hope. And it's this whole, like,
1: dramatized
0: um, <laughs> song with Sally. And Bobby comes in and, like, sings a portion of it, too. It, it's just, like, very... Very much like what the musical encompasses is like what the song is, and then Pennywise comes in as like I'm joining the revolution, and if you don't trust me, well, I'm your only hope. So, mm-hmm. and then we see um, Hope break free from mm-hmm. her, you know, not tied ropes, and she's like, "Join me because I will rebel against my father." And then they sing. Sorry, I'm just kind of like rushing through this, but I feel like we've been we've been talking about it. For quite some time, they sing I'm Not Sorry, and it's this whole, like, they start to yeah. take over. Like, they kill Barrel. It's Beryl. the takeover
1: of the rebels. Yeah,
0: they kill Fippin McQueen, and um, eventually they meet up with Cladwell, mm-hmm. and they overtake him. We find out that Pennywise is Hope's mother, and that Cladwell and Pennywise had this, like, Secret great love affair. love affair back in the, the day before the drought. Cladwell is um, unfortunately sent to the same fate as um, Sir Bobby is, and uh, we see him die. And then the end of the show is the real kicker for me, honestly, because it's, everything is great for a period of time, and then they start to realize that the only reason that they were able to survive was because oh, Cladwell's of Cladwell's system. system, even though it was super corrupt. Mm-hmm. And there was probably a better way of going about it. Mm-hmm. It was still keeping the people alive. Mm-hmm. Everything just starts to downfall, from and then there.
1: everyone dies because
0: because there's a drought and yeah. and um, people can't get water. there's no water there's left no water, and
1: yeah.
0: people everyone starts to die and then they yell hail Malthus and the show mm-hmm. ends. <laughs> yep, and that's your town. Like I was saying, the overall structure of the show is like really
1: messy mm-hmm. I yeah. think yeah um, there there's some holes in there
0: there's definitely a lot of holes but as far as like being a spoofy musical theater show it does the job I think you know mm-hmm. I really think that the thing is I think that they went for dark comedy with like a very comedic mm-hmm. outlier mm-hmm. I think they they really tried to hit the comedy but in reality the show is just so such a dark comedy that it it almost like they don't mesh too
1: well, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. If you had to, if you had to play a char- a different character in the show, who would you want to play?
1: I probably would like to play Little Sally.
0: Yeah, I, think, I I think so too. That'd be super fun. Yeah,
1: I know, I know that I was I wasn't even called back for Little Sally. My best friend called me. She was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "I just have this vision of me playing Little Sally," yeah. and I'm like, "Dude, me too." <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I honestly think I'd want to be lockstock.
1: Yeah, I feel fun. like that's
0: a if you if you do it like well, it's a really like fun role. This is gonna like sound like cocky song, like This I is
1: gonna sing. sound cocky, but I mean it in like the least cocky way. I honestly feel like You're in Town is a show that's just so in my pocket. I'd probably be able to do just about anybody and have a good time and do it well. I know. You know, like just that's just like a type of show where I'm like I can't think of a character well, that I wouldn't just like It's also
0: a show for like everyone. On, you know? yeah. like it's a show that literally anyone can be in. There's not, like, this, like, ideal, like, who plays what character, like, type, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you play the lead, you have to be able to sing the roles. But you right. know, other than that, like, it's a show that, like, literally, like, everyone can be in. And that's what's that's what's great about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, any songs that, like, stand out to you that... I know, I really enjoy um, Snuff That Girl and the Cough Song.
1: I mean, if you just look at it from like a song perspective, like I love Run Freedom Run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good one. What Is Your In Town is good. Yeah, those are yeah. probably the two that I'm like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I apologize about the sirens in the back of the podcast. Um, you know, New York, living, and they've been going for about 10 minutes now, so <laughs> we're just going to have to speak over them. I think that like, I, like I said earlier, like at this show, like the score in this, the show is so smart because it really like every song is different and it's not like it's, there's like really no meshing of them. Um, and I mean, they won best score for a reason, mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah, I think the music is really, really well done. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite characters or least favorite characters. Let's rate it and let's talk about the Dreamcast. So, I think my favorite character might be little Becky Two-Shoes.
1: Yeah, she's fun.
0: She's super fun. She'd be such a fun character to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just, like, you get to be, like, ridiculous and skeevy, like, the mm-hmm. whole show. It's just, like, yeah, such a, such a fun character. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, little Sally, mm-hmm. probably. My least favorite character is Fip, because he just doesn't stand out to me. Mine's, yeah, yeah, Fip. Honestly, yeah, Fip. Yeah. Who is He's just Fip? just, like, I know, <laughs>
0: right? Like, it's, like, Fip is, like... It's almost like you kind of like forget who FIB yeah, is, even though he important. plays like a significant role, or whatever. No, but he
1: doesn't. FIB is weird.
0: <laughs> FIB is weird. You heard it here
1: first, and so I got my. BFA. <laughs> I said so. <laughs> Some big
0: DFA talk right there. FIB is, is weird. I am gonna give this show. Oh wait, Tony Award winning moment. Run, I didn't even think runs. about it. I I would say so too. Or Snuff that girl. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the two, those two numbers are really well done. Honestly, the whole, like, the trio of the act two, mm-hmm. like, just from, like, start, the start, start. of What Is You're In Town to the end of Run, Freedom, Run is just a really, really good yep. overall moment in the show. And um, now I'm going to rate it. And uh, don't come for me. You guys already know how I feel. So um, I'm going to give it six out of ten bunny slippers.
1: I know. You know what? I That's funny. I was going to say five. I can't say five. <laughs> Dang! I was gonna say five. You're gonna say five. I was gonna say five. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I it's super feel- fun. It's super fun to be in, but I can see how you see it, and you're yeah. just kind of like, ah. Yeah.
0: Well, I always feel I feel like I might have given it lower. I just always feel bad about rating shows so lowly, mm-hmm. even though it's not it's not too low of a rating. But um, I feel like
1: you really need to be a theater kid to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Super fun show to be in overall. Not my favorite show on Broadway. It could be yours, and that's okay. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. That's what's so great about this art form is it's so subjective and you get everyone can have their own opinions. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our dream cast. For Bobby, I have Andrew Reynolds. Yeah, that'd be good. I think he'd be really good. I just like think of him in like Book of Mormon mm-hmm. and it feels the characters feel very similar to me. Um For hope, I said Katie Rose Clark. I feel like she really fits the vibe of Hope. Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. she can definitely sing it. She's got those Glinda high notes, you know? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Pennywise, I said Patty Lapone. That's funny. I think she'd be so funny.
1: I feel like Bernadette could also do Bernadette it. Bernadette could yeah. do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Stephanie J. Block would also be a really good option.
1: Oh, you think um, so? I don't see her for it.
0: I just see her as, like, Trina in falsettos. Like, I, like that version of Stephanie J. Block. Mm. For Cladwell, I said Victor Garber. Okay. I feel like he he always presents that type of energy. The first thing I ever saw him in was um, Legally Blonde okay. when, in Callahan mm-hmm. um, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they present very similar energies to me, so I always have like that in the back of my mind. For Lockstock, I said Norm Lewis.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't
0: really know why. I think I just enjoy Norm Lewis's voice mm-hmm. and as a narrator of the show and as also a very, like, present character mm-hmm. i feel like norm you know would do well beryl i said christopher fitzgerald mm-hmm. i also like the contrast of christopher fitzgerald being really short mm-hmm. and norm being very tall mm-hmm. um i love that the first time i ever saw you're in town again my friend was playing beryl and she's like a four eleven, very petite um female mm-hmm. playing against this like 6 4 guy who was lock stock it was it was a really good dynamic And then for little Sally, I said Carrie Butler.
1: Yeah, that's cute. Yeah, Yeah. I think she'd
0: do a good job. Well, that's my dream cast. And uh, unless you have anything else to add about You're in Town the Musical, we're going to move on to the game. Yeah, okay. All right. So today we are playing, ladies and gentlemen, we are playing Finish the Lyric. And what I've done is I've looked up a bunch of uh, Finish the Lyric sites because um, it was far too late. To come up with our own. So um, Genevieve and I are going to play Finish the Lyric. And um, it's going to be a, a competition. Okay. So we're going to start with this.
1: Is it like who who says it the fastest? No,
0: it's going to be like I'm going to ask you one and then you okay. ask me one. And we'll just go in keep, the order of keep, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep tabs. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. The plan is to fan the spark into a flame.
1: I know like the song, but I have no idea. I'm not throwing away my shot.
0: That's the song.
1: Wait, say that. Say it again.
0: The plan is to the plan is to fan the spark into a flame. It's hard to not sing it.
1: I'm not gonna lie to you. This is like one of the songs that I really don't know from Hamilton. (laughs) So all I know is the I am not thrown away. Come so, on, come
0: on. No, no, I really no, don't. No, I well, really Hampton's don't know. Hamilton's kinda of hard, yeah, hard because I I really don't know it. Um, but damn it's getting dark, so let me spell out the name. Mm. I'm sorry you can bleep it out, but I had to say it, it's the lyric. Alright. So here. You click on it.
1: <sighs> too late for second guessing, too late to go back to sleep. <laughs> it's time to trust my instincts.
0: Close my eyes and leap.
1: That was an easy one.
0: Alright. So it's one to zero. I don't know if you know this either. You might. Do you know Be More Chill?
1: No. Not at all.
0: <laughs> and I hear a drunk girl singing along to Whitney through the door.
1: I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, okay. You know I song. do know that you one. Know
0: that song. That's um That's Michael in the Bathroom from Be More Chill.
1: Are you kidding me? Oh, in sorry. daylights and sunsets and midnights and cups of coffee.
0: Oh, I'm really about to expose myself. In daylights and sunsets and midnights and cups of coffee. In something, in laughter and strife. I don't what's I know what's that first word. You only
1: got half You know, you missed two words, actually. Um,
0: um, in... Why did my brain want to say
1: childhood? It's not childhood. In um, childhood. childhood. <laughs> nope, that's um, not it.
0: In laughter?
1: Nope.
0: Oh. How do I know the rest of the entire song? Yeah, I don't know this one. Like, yeah, okay, that's sad. Okay, what is it? In inches and in miles.
1: In inches and miles. In, in laughter, laughter and strife.
0: Dang it. All right. I'll give myself a half a point.
1: Oh my god! Okay, so no, you didn't get it. You're right,
0: I didn't get it. Also, so
1: that's a song that you really just should you know. Need to leave
0: me a little, There's a lot of verses in that song. Yeah, It right. Gets confusing. Moving on. <laughs> you're not gonna know this because you don't know Beetlejuice.
1: <laughs> what the heck? You um, you did this on purpose.
0: I, I literally didn't. I have
1: not looked at these at all. You're you're gonna be fine. No, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
0: You're gonna be fine.
1: Okay. No, <laughs> uh, I literally only know dead mom.
0: On the other side. Oh. Die, you're all gonna die. I am obsessed with Beetlejuice. Um, Jenna Boob not so much. Alright, next. So it's still one to one.
1: we're supposed to be all- We're supposed to all be ladies and be nurturing and care. Is that really fair?
0: Boys get to fight. We have to share.
1: This is dumb. This is rigged.
0: This is this is rigged. The Broadway World um
1: they knew is,
0: is rigged. I didn't get the red one right. Okay. Yeah, Maybe but that's no.
1: just because you're stupid, <laughs> not because it's hard.
0: All right. Next is okay. I'm breaking down. Now let's consider what I might do next.
1: Falsettos? Mm-hmm. No. Again, I don't know falsettos very well.
0: But this song is like Help No,
1: I I don't know the words.
0: I hate admitting I've become perplexed.
1: No, I I literally don't know it. That's alright. What the heck? (laughs) You can build me up, you can tear me down, you can try, but I'm unbreakable.
0: Well, which verse is it? You can do your best, but I'll stand the test. You'll find that I am unbreakable, unshakable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, I'm telling you, they know, they know. <laughs> they know. It's I kn- I've i known right. all the ones that you've gotten. I've known them. I didn't even have to look at the options. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. All right, so it's three to
1: one. Yeah, I guess.
0: Don't worry, we can still catch up. Yeah, right. Okay, you should know this one. Every man has his daydreams, every man has his goal.
1: Oh, every man has his daydreams, every man has his goal. Sticking to its toll the <laughs> yeah, um wait every man has its teachers every man has its goal people like to wait people want to wait oh no people people like the way dreams have of sticking to the soul yeah yeah okay right. there it is there it is all right so three
0: to two
1: well all right <laughs> suddenly seymour is standing beside you uh,
0: you don't uh, Need no makeup, don't have to pretend. Yep. You don't need no makeup. Don't have to pretend. Oh, that's all. So four to two. Great. But that's okay. There's another one.
1: Oh, okay. That will play. Hopefully it'll be rigged, but the other way.
0: <laughs> okay, so on this one, we'll just have to not scroll up. Okay. I do anything for you, dear. For you mean everything to me. I know that I'll go anywhere for...
1: You? Um,
0: good um, <laughs> good uh, intuition, but no.
1: Wait, sing this. I mean, do it again.
0: I do anything for you, dear. Anything for you mean everything to me. I know that I'll go anywhere I for... I don't know
1: it. What even is this song? Your system? smile anywhere. Uh, what is this even from? Oliver. Oh. Pff. Yeah, okay. All right. Sorry not good again it's rigged so i have to scroll up
0: yeah scroll up just to the second one <laughs> what
1: <laughs> oh i'm mad <laughs> the sun will come out tomorrow <laughs> bet your
0: bottom dollar that tomorrow how much do i have to go Is That
1: it they will be sun. they will be some yeah, that's ridiculous
0: <laughs> oh so loverly sitting a both bloomin' blooming lootly still i would
1: Oh, so is it absolutely blue. Oh, that's still. what it is. I'm like, what is I this? I would never, but she'll spring, crept over the windowsill. That's it. Well,
0: I didn't know that. So, what, mm-hmm. what is that? My fair lady. Oh. That's what I thought. Lovely. Really. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I only think of that song as, Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Mm-hmm. That's the only
1: lyric I know. Ow, so mm-hmm. getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely, you are.
0: Precisely my cup of tea.
1: Mm-hmm. These options are kinda of funny. <laughs> Precisely my per- percent P.
0: Percent percent My percent P. Oh. Alright. So six to three that we're at.
1: Oh, we're still adding on. Yeah, sure. No. Okay.
0: It's a competition mm-hmm. Okay. And if this is a a double. And if they try to stop us, blank, I'll call thee.
1: And if they try to stop us. Mm-hmm. Wait! Oh my gosh! Wait! I'll call the. I'll call the. Wait! What? Um, I'll tell you the musical. It's hairspray. Oh. And if they try to stop us,
0: I'll call the.
1: Uh, is this you? Can't stop the beat. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Wait. <laughs> and if they and if they try to stop my dancing feet, will they not stand, not stand still?
0: Uh, no. And if they try to stop
1: us, I'll call the. Oh wait! It's Penny. It's Penny. Mm-hmm. Wait. You can't stop a river. Sing oh my gosh, you're you missing the whole thing. I'm you gonna try get cross-dreaded. I am going to get cross dreaded i just kidding. And if they try to stop a seaweed, I'll call the
0: Oh,
1: uh, What is it?
0: <laughs> I'll call the N-A-E-C-P-E. Like, you know, the organization.
1: Oh. Oh. I've never been in hairspray and I've never particularly liked it, if that makes anyone feel better. <laughs> Oh, my God. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, find me a fine, catch me a catch, night after night. In
0: the dark, I'm alone, so find me a match of my own. It's ridiculous. I've been in Fiddler on the Roof. I was Hava in Fiddler on the Roof, and I also just recently sang Matchmaker in a concert. I'm not keeping score anymore. We'll just say I've won, but we'll keep going. Yeah,
1: well, you have because it's rigged.
0: Oh, okay. It's rigged. Well, it's my podcast, so, you know. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I can't want it anymore. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. I'm...
1: Through with playing by the rules of someone else's game.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: Finally. Tell me more, tell me more. Was it love at first sight? Tell me more, tell me more.
0: Did he put up a fight?
1: Did she put up a fight? Did she put up a
0: fight? I couldn't remember (laughs) who
1: was singing. These these things. (laughs) Listen to these. Was she... Was she a good fight? Was it worth all your might? Did you give her a fright? Like, what are those? Oh my that's kind of creepy.
0: All right, well, that ends the game. Yep. I don't know what the score was. No, but I, I definitely lost. Because it was rigged. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's what sore losers say. Anyway, so now we're going to move on to my favorite part of the podcast, which is the weekly advice column, where I spread my wisdom of things I may have learned over my four years, or maybe I'm still trying to learn This advice, I think, is really, really important. It's important for all actors to hear, especially at one point or another. But no matter where you are in the show, whether you're the lead, whether you're a secondary, or whether you know you're playing the tree in The Wizard of Oz, you always make sure that you make the most out of every single role you're given.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: There are some moments that I have been in the ensemble not even talking like that have been the most fun
1: oh i experiences learned, of my life i learned this lesson i was in a production of into the woods back in what 2017 i think mm-hmm. and the stepmother who's probably the most like almost the most irrelevant <laughs> character in the show mm-hmm. that girl stole the show right she literally stole the show she ma- somehow made the world all about her. And I was like, I'm going to do that. You
0: get what you get yeah. out of it, what you put into yeah. it. And, and
1: then if- we went we went into our story theater project the, fi- uh, the following year. Mm-hmm. And in, in a show that none of us understood. And we had no idea what was going <laughs> on. And I was given this character and I was like... I'm gonna do what that girl did with the stepmom, and yeah. I made something out of it. And people, even though no one knew what was happening, people to this day are like, "I remember you in that show. Right. You were good in that show." Right,
0: and I think that that's like that's like the mark of a great like performer, mm-hmm. someone who can take you know not a lot and like create your own world, and right. and that's when you have fun in the shows too, is because you get to. T- That's what I I find most fun about being in the ensemble is that you get to create your own character, Mm -hmm. you get to create their journey, and you get to have moments that are special to you that may or may not be picked up by the audience, but in your mind you're like, I created this and Mm -hmm. I know what this means and this is special to me.
1: Yeah, ensemble's fun.
0: Ensemble is so much fun. And I've, I've been in both situations. I've played leads and I've been in the ensemble and I've been secondary characters and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I have so much fun being in the ensemble because mm-hmm. it's just like, you just get to play at that point. Yeah, I know? was a
1: lead in a show once and I actually was like, I
0: kind of miss the ensemble. <laughs> I kind of wish I was in the ensemble. Well, even <laughs> another, like, I mean, You're in Town was a great example of that where I really got to create my own characters and I had so much fun doing that but another show I was in Legally Blonde and I played Margot I just remember not to like toot my own horn or anything but people would come up to me and say you stole the show and yes I had lines and yes I had this and that but like I feel like the the my best moments as Margot were made in her silence Mm -hmm. like it was like the choices that I chose to make and And honestly, I went into playing Margot and I was really intimidated by it because I was like, I don't really know how to play, like, dumb without, like, overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But I played a lot with it and it was, like, a really big journey that, like, I went on, like, in my own private time, not in rehearsal or anything, where I was like, I want to make her authentic, but, like, stay true to the character. And it was just, like, a lot of fun to, like mess around and create and just be creative, like, as a performer mm-hmm. in order to, like, make her as authentic in the show as I could. And even though Margot was not the, the biggest character, like, I feel like I was able to stand out in some ways because of that. And yeah, so it doesn't matter the size of your... When they say there are no small characters, just small actors... First of all, what does that even mean? But second of all, like it's it's true. Like it, the size of your role in the grand scheme of things does not matter. If you love this profession, and this is something you really want to do, you have to find ways to enjoy every part of it. No matter whether you're singing eight shows in a song or whether you are, you know, creating the atmosphere in the ensemble. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a lesson. That is really, really important to be learned when you're younger. And uh, something that, like, so you can appreciate every moment you're on stage. Mm -hmm. Whether it be belting the final moment of the show or, you know, Mm -hmm. being in the ensemble. Yeah. That's my advice for this week. Um, It's something that I hold dear in my heart because I have gone on that journey a lot and I think every person Mm -hmm. in this business as far as where we're at has you can um, see
1: you can see it in kids who have always played the leads they really don't know what to do with themselves if they're not front and center mm -hmm. and the true value of a performer is one that learns to shine out of the light you know
0: yeah definitely so just take what you're given and do your best in that moment and have fun with it um and that's the advice for the week so guys thank you so much for listening if you want to find me personally i am on instagram and tiktok on instagram i'm underscore kelsey mcfall underscore and on tiktok i'm kelsey mc137 if you choose to follow me on either of those accounts go ahead and dm me and let me know that you came from the podcast because i'd love to interact with you guys and uh see who's listening out there um genevieve do you want to anything to plug no no
1: no. All right. Social media is not my thing.
0: <laughs> Social media is a dead can, art form in in yeah. life.
1: Yeah, get me at my website. I'm yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. tell you what it is because it's not finished yet.
0: <laughs> so. um, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Mwah.